0: CHAPTER 14 CHRIST THE KING I am come that they may have life, and may have it more abundantly. JOHN 10.10 I am come, a light into the world, that whosoever believeth in me may not remain in darkness. I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. JOHN 12.46-47 From the consideration of the mission of Christ, we advance more deeply into the mystery of his person. The coming of our Lord shows not only the goal of his mission, but it also presupposes the advent of one who was above and anterior to the world. It is really important to know our Lord, to know his mission, his origin, to understand whence he comes. Our respect for him will be in proportion to our knowledge of him. Undoubtedly, he assumed a human body and a human soul, but this does not diminish him. Our Lord displayed sentiments of humility before his Father, but these sentiments do not diminish him either, for humility is truth. When the Son says that he owes everything to the Father, He is simply recognizing the paternity of the Father to whom he is consubstantially united with the Holy Ghost from all eternity in the Holy Trinity. To meditate upon the mystery of our Lord Jesus Christ and make it the object of our reflections may seem a little abstract or theoretical, and yet, upon closer examination, it is altogether pertinent and practical to define, so to speak, what our Lord is, to try to know him better, to grasp better his relations with the Father in the bosom of the Blessed Trinity, the relationship of the Father and the Son, both his eternal and temporal missions, all of this affects our own life, and I would add that it does so dramatically. For what is in jeopardy in the world in which we live is faith in the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. If our Lord is God, he is consequently the master of all things, the elements, individuals, families, and society. He is the creator and the end of all things. Once, before the beginning of a conference I was giving in Madrid, with about five thousand persons attending, the crowd chanted incessantly, Long live Christ the King! We might ask why these people at that time felt the need to shout this in the street. It was because they felt that if Christ were not King in Spain, then that would spell the ruin of the Catholic religion and their own families. The Spaniards see every day in the new laws, customs, and habits of the people that the Christian spirit is dwindling. They feel that our Lord is no longer king in Spain. The same could become true for us. If we are not convinced of the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, we will not possess the strength to uphold our faith in opposition to the rising tide of false religions in which our Lord Jesus Christ is not king, is not acclaimed to be God nor will we be able to resist the consequences that this will have upon the morals of the state of families and persons. Due to religious liberty, which was affirmed in the texts of the Second Vatican Council, and which is entirely opposed to the social reign of our Lord Jesus Christ, because it places all religions on a par and accords to error the same rights as truth has, our Lord is no longer considered to be the one truth and source of truth. For instance, in Germany, Joseph Cardinal Herfner, Archbishop of Cologne, said, We are all pluralists here. Pluralists? What on earth does that mean? That means that our Lord is not supreme, that there is something besides him. They grant that our Lord is someone, but also that he is not God. The way is then open to all opinions and to all religions. When such words fall from the lips of the Cardinal Archbishop of Cologne, then the matter is very serious. It means that the Catholics who are accustomed to living in the midst of Protestants have definitively granted Protestantism the status of a valid religion. They have lost the sense of the royalty of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the very fact they implicitly lose the sense of his divinity. Hence, it is a very serious lack of faith, and very little will be needed to cause people to draw away from the church, give up the practice of their religion, and fall into an abysmal immorality. At the beginning of the century, the United States was held up as an example. It was alleged that the Catholic religion was making enormous gains because it is the land of liberty. Why wouldn't it be the same in every country? Let us grant freedom to all the religions, freedom of conscience, of the person and of morals. Then the Catholic religion, so the argument went, will have total freedom and will be able to expand. Yet, this is to ignore the influence of error on truth and immorality on morals. It is true that genuine Catholicism made enormous progress in the United States, but it must be recognized a progress that was more spectacular than profound. Big seminaries, Catholic universities, religious houses, and Catholic schools were built. By the generosity of American Catholics, there was an extraordinary flourishing of religious congregations. Look at what happened. The church was shaken. It underwent a crisis, a grave one, and the whole structure collapsed because it did not have a solid foundation. There is no country where there were more departures from the priesthood and the religious life than the United States, where more radical transformations took place, for example, in the religious congregations. This idea of liberty, which is really licentiousness and not true liberty, which is to be given to all the ideologies, results in slow self-destruction and in the corruption of truth. This truth is, in fact, our Lord Jesus Christ. Either one acknowledges it or not. If one refuses to acknowledge that our Lord Jesus Christ is the truth, by the very fact, there is no more law and no more morality. Everything gives way, little by little. Of course, it takes time, Christian civilization cannot be destroyed in the course of just a few years. Once the principle of liberty is granted, then slowly but surely the corruption advances. The number of divorces and divided families in the United States is unbelievable. And ever since this liberalism has been introduced into our countries, the same thing has happened. The divorce rate increases at an incredible tempo. And then abortion, contraception, and concubinage follow. Anything goes. It is total license. The only remedy is to reflect, meditate, and be convinced of the necessity of the social reign of our Lord Jesus Christ, of his reign over us not only as persons, but also in society. Be assured that if you tell yourself that you want to live according to the law and the morality that our Lord has taught us, and by his grace, love, and sacraments, but that out in the world you must accept freedom of morals and free thinking, then sooner or later you will be contaminated. The mere fact of conceding that it is a human right to be able to think whatever you like, as is done in the Declaration on Religious Liberty, leads to the abandonment of the Missionary Spirit. Make no mistake, it is completely erroneous to think that if someone thinks otherwise than I do, if he has another religion than mine, he is free to do so. No, he is not free, and we must tell him, however sorry we may be, that he is wrong, that he is not in possession of the truth. One day you will be judged on your thoughts your behavior, and your attitude, you had better convert. This holds not only for ideas, but also for morals, for everything. Our Lord Jesus Christ must reign not only in our homes, but also outside and in all of society. Everyone belongs to him. Everyone will be judged by him. NO MAN AND NO RELIGION CAN HOPE TO ESCAPE THE JUDGMENT OF OUR LORD JESUS CHRIST. OUR LORD HIMSELF HAS SAID, FOR NEITHER DOES THE FATHER JUDGE ANY MAN, BUT HATH GIVEN ALL JUDGMENT TO THE SON. JOHN 5.22 BECAUSE HE IS THE WORD OF GOD, BECAUSE HE PROCEEDS FROM THE FATHER, HE HAS CLAIM ON ALL MEN. We must be convinced of the reality of these truths. For the Protestants, liberty is first. Everyone does and thinks what he likes. Having fought against the Catholics and having tried to suppress Catholicism, they know very well that Catholics hold that they possess the truth. Jesus Christ, whom we possess in the Catholic Church, is the truth. There is no other. This is what the Protestants cannot bear knowing quite well that it is indeed what Catholics believe. Moreover, they cannot comprehend liberal Catholics who say, You know, we all believe the same thing. We all believe in Jesus Christ. All that you think, we think too. You have the same sacraments as we do. Everything is alike. Let's make a common worship and let the pastor come and preach to us, and we shall go and preach to you. The Protestants do not agree. They know very well that it is not the true teaching of the Catholic Church, and that is why they hold us, traditionalists, in esteem. However, they are afraid, for they know that we are intolerant. You are intolerant, they accuse us. Yes, we seem to be intolerant. Let's be clear. We tolerate error that cannot be suppressed, but truth cannot tolerate error. By its very nature, the truth casts out error as the light dispels darkness. We cannot help it. Truth does not tolerate error. Good does not tolerate vice. This does not mean in practice that one does not tolerate what it is impossible to change or what cannot be converted. We should therefore strive to bring an end to darkness and to eliminate vice and error. This is done by converting people by the grace of God. The whole missionary spirit of the Church consists in this. To concede that everyone can have his own religion, and that this is even a human right, is extremely grave. Firstly, it is not true. There is no right to be in error. There is no right, but rather, tolerance. Of course, error is in the world, sin is in the world. Our Lord also said that there are weeds that grow with the good grain, and that they will not be separated until the end of time. The former will be cast into the fire, and the others will be harvested into the barn, that is, into heaven. We know that it is impossible to completely suppress sin. We cannot suppress ourselves. Of course, one tolerates sin as one tolerates oneself. Certainly, that does not mean that we put our virtues and vices on a par, saying that the ones are as good as the others. On the contrary, we fight against our vices, even though we know that we shall suffer from something until the end of our days. The point is clear. We tolerate ourselves and others. We should pursue error and do everything to make it disappear. And society disposes of an immense influence in this domain, and we should undertake everything in order to Christianize it or re-Christianize it, because that is the will of God. Institutions exercise an enormous influence on minds. When they are secular and atheistic, they cause considerable harm. They cause the greatest scandal in the world, because it is organized error willed by the state, willed. By society so with all the means they have at their disposal they spread error error exerts so much power over minds that it is now impossible to find an important newspaper with a national readership that defends the catholic church and all its principles which in a word integrally defends catholic thought and faith there are practically none in europe because the entire press is in the hands of the big liberal anti-Catholic trusts in the hands of Freemasonry. One saw in France, for example, the great change which took place from one day to the next during World War II, when Marshal Pétain came to power. He immediately suppressed Freemasonry. There was no more freedom of the press. Pornography was outlawed and banished. All these things were banished immediately and disappeared overnight. If France had remained like that, the society, without a doubt, would have been completely transformed. The serious sin, the capital sin, the mortal sin of General de Gaulle was to have let back into France Freemasonry, Communism, and everything that Marshal Pétain had banished.